Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah to the Lord. Hallelujah to the Lord. We give you praise, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to do something that's a little bit different right now. That's everyone's cue to get nervous. No, I'm just, just playing. I felt this in the Holy Ghost earlier in the prayer room. Going to give the opportunity, the, the body, an opportunity to minister one to another. I, I'm going to ask if you can. I'd like to get a, the ladies over on this side, men over on this side, just for a moment. I know that we've uh, we've been uh, in kind of a state of flux to some degree. I I really appreciate the ways that the Union Gap congregation has allowed those of us from Sela to kind of uh, share a room with you for the last little bit. And um, I know things haven't just been normal, but that's okay. We're okay with things not being normal, amen? But we appreciate, we appreciate this. Go ahead and just get yourselves a little bit of room, a little bit of space if you can. I, I really feel like this is an opportunity. Uh, I know we, we haven't, we've kind of been in a, a wandering state for a while, wandering and wondering, wondering how long is this going to go and what's all this about and why can't things just be the way we wish they were. But, but what I'd like is we're, we're going to allow the Holy Ghost to operate here for a little bit. And I just want to give you this opportunity. I'm going, to allow, I'm going to ask you to be sensitive to the Lord, and we're just going to pray for a little bit. And as the Lord would lead you, why don't you allow him to connect you with a brother or with a sister? Um, through all this process of, of, of congregations here and, and buildings there and people don't, not knowing where to go, through all that, we've also been just going about our lives, Right? And I know that we're, we're, holiday season is approaching. People are thinking about what's, uh, what's this month going to look like. We just started a new month and, and all kinds of things that really can just weigh on you. If you're not careful, if you allow it, it will weigh on you. But what I feel the Lord wants to do is just use his body to minister one to another. And I'm, we're allowing for that right now for a little bit. Amen. So why don't we just pray, and if you would, like I said, let the Lord lead you and, and bear one another's burdens, minister to one to another in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now, God, we are your body, we are your people, Lord Jesus. You love and care for each one of us. In the name of Jesus, I pray strengthen to this body right now. Jesus, I pray encouragement into this body right now. God, you know every need, you know every care, every worry, Lord, that each one of us has been carrying and dealing with. In the name of Jesus, I pray strength into these vessels right now. God, I pray anointing into these vessels right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, we're not going to rush past this. I believe the Lord is moving right now. This is an opportunity to receive from the Lord and an opportunity to minister in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
God, in your name, we reach out to you right now, Lord God. We reach out to you right now, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, I pray freedom right now, freedom from worry, freedom from depression, Lord Jesus. Come on, the Lord is here right now. Why don't you let him minister to you? Why don't you let him reach to this need? In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You can do all things, Lord. You're able to do all things, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Yes, Lord. I pray strengthen your body. We are your people, Father. We are your children, Father. You care about us, Lord. You love us. God, you don't want to see us struggle unnecessarily. You don't want to see pain unnecessarily, Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray for every family that's here right now, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, strengthen and encourage us, Father. In the name of Jesus, Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus. Can we give the Lord some thanks for a moment? Just give him thanks. Offer him praise. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father. Hallelujah to the Lord. Glory to God. Praise be to God. Amen. As you're returning to your seats, we're going to let the children be dismissed to their classes. Thank you for allowing the Lord to minister here. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Shake somebody's hand as you're returning to your seat. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
You can go ahead and be seated for a moment. Praise be to God. Some of us, we hear things like how many more weeks there are until Christmas or how many more days until this event or that event. And uh, if you're like me, I'll be honest, and I'm not ready for that. And then you start to worry. Well, what if in this little bit of time this happens or that happens? But I just got to tell you, there's, there's no room in the body of Christ for that kind of a worry. And you are a child of his. You're a child of his. I don't know about you, but with my kids, the, the last thing I want is for them to have to worry about if things are going to be taken care of or if things are, what are we going to do here and there? And No, we are his children, and he cares about us. There's a saying when a parent goes to discipline a child. I use my words carefully. When a parent goes to discipline a child, they say, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you, this discipline. And uh, I probably heard that or something like that a time or two when I was a child, and I thought, you just, you're just saying that try and, I don't know, make me feel better or something. Now that I'm a parent, I mean, that's, <laughs> we were asked yesterday, uh, the place where I was at, to give some advice to, a, to parents that were going to be becoming parents for the first time, and those of us that had had children, uh, what's some advice that you would give them? Well, I just, um, I just had this thought. I should have told him, them, uh, it's no fun to discipline. Uh, but it's necessary. It's necessary, but most of us parents don't take much pleasure in that part of parenting. There are some that probably enjoy getting to be in charge and, and express that authority. But for the most part, when it's done with love, you, you think, I wish I wasn't having to do this right now. I mean, why don't you just obey? <laughs> I wonder how many times my father has to think about that about me. Why don't you just obey? This would not be so uh, necessary. But I want you to turn to the book of John, chapter 12. I'm going to do some reading out of this passage. We'll start at verse 20 and just kind of see how far we go. John, chapter 12, in verse 20. And I'm going to try to give you a little bit of a... Uh, background or setting of what is taking place here where we're about to read. Um, in uh, chapter 11 is where Jesus goes to the city of Bethany to heal a man, raise a man from the dead named Lazarus. And you know that, that passage, that was near the end of Jesus's earthly ministry. Um, so as we get into chapter 12 here, um, 
things are starting to come to a close in his, in his ministry on the earth here. Um, the beginning of chapter 12, it, it starts with saying there were people that heard about that, that miracle where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, and they, they wanted to go. And it says they didn't want to just see Jesus, but they also wanted to see Lazarus. They wanted to see and, and witness the things that they heard about. Were you really the guy that was, you know, dead and, and buried in the tomb? And, you know, you were there for, right, three days, four days. And, I mean, what was it like? We, they just wanted to hear that. They wanted to see uh, with their own eyes this, this miracle that had happened. And so that happens at the uh, beginning stages of chapter 12. And it says the Passover is approaching the holiday uh, festival uh, was approaching. And so Jesus left that town of Bethany and was going to Jerusalem. Uh, There in Jerusalem, this is what it says in verse 20, there were certain Greeks among them that came to worship at the feast. Uh, In this passage, when when the scripture uses the term Greeks, it's basically trying to say uh, there were non-Jewish people there also celebrating the feast. People were starting to come from around the, the world, around that area, all the known, known society to, to see and witness. And even while the man, Christ Jesus, before he was crucified, so he's still alive here, but before that, people were starting to come in, in droves to, to witness and see these things. Verse 21, it says, the same, that would be a a Grecian, a a Greek, came therefore to Philip, which was was of Bethsaida of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and tells Andrew. Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. So that's the um, context and the setting of where what we're going to read uh, takes place. So these these two disciples go and, and they find Jesus basically to say, there are people here wanting to see you. Uh, they're not of your background. They're not of your race. They're not from our uh, little township here, but they've come from afar and they want to talk to you. So this is where Jesus gets to, to begin this message that he's about to deliver To the disciples. Verse 23 of John 12, it says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. So he's telling them something's about to change. The hour, I mean, I've been here for 30 plus years now, and I have not to this state been glorified in the manner that. I'm about to be. The hour has come that the Son of Man be glorified. Verse 24, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. If that corn of wheat doesn't fall into the ground and die, then it abideth, it remaineth, it stays alone. Just one. But if it die, it bringeth forth what? Much fruit. 
So Jesus is basically saying the hour, this is the time, if I am that corn of wheat, if I stayed here, if I made it to age 34, 35, 50, 60, if I stayed here, I'm just going to be abiding alone, just one of me here living. But if I, like that corn of wheat, die, then much fruit will be produced. He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Let me just pause for a minute and say if you, if you love your life in this world, I'd, I'd kind of like to talk to you just to hear, hear your perspective of what it is you love so much about your life here. I mean, there are things about this life that I do appreciate, enjoy, and I'm thankful that the Lord has blessed me to get to experience. But there's a lot in this life that is hard to, to love, uh, a lot that's hard to embrace and, and, and want to keep. And man, I would, yeah, I would love to be one of those uh, corns of wheat that just gets to live on and on and on. Um, but that's not the point of what we're talking about. If you love your life to that degree, he says it, you will lose it. If you love it, you will lose it. If you hate, uh, um, hate, we don't get to use that word in my house very often. The four-year-old tries to use it, and he, he hasn't been around as long as the other ones to know. We don't say hate. Oh, I hate you. No, we don't say that. They, they, sometimes I think they feel the need to be able to exercise that emotion, and so they come to me and profess the one thing they are allowed to hate, the devil. And, okay, you need to get that out of your system. Just go ahead and say it. I hate the devil. Okay, let's move on. But, but we, we don't get to talk about hate. No, you, you don't hate your brother. You don't hate your sister. Certainly don't hate your parents. But the scripture here, it says, if you hate your life in this world, you shall keep it unto eternal life. If any man serve me, let him follow me and... Where I am, there shall my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Now is my soul troubled. Again, this is Jesus opening up to his disciples, speaking in this, um, I guess you could call it emotional state, that he was finding himself knowing that the hour had come. Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Rhetorical question. No, he knows he can't just say, Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. I'm here for this purpose, for this reason. And he prays, verse 28, Father, glorify thy name. 
Would you say that after me? Father, glorify thy name. He prayed that knowing, first he said, men, friends, brothers, I'm troubled at this state because I cannot pray, Father, deliver me from this time. Take me out of this season, out of this time, out of this hour, because he had enough understanding to realize that hour is why he came to this life, came to this world. Scripture says he came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he knew that. He realized this is my purpose. This is why I am here. So it doesn't make much sense for me to go to the Father and say, remove me from this hour. Take me out. Change this circumstance. I wonder how many of us, we, in our, going about our life and our walk with God and we draw close to Him and He starts to speak things to us and reveal things in His Word to us and and, and we're, the picture is becoming more and more clear. This is who I'm supposed to be. This is who God chose me to be, who, he, who he's made me to be. And as that picture becomes more and more clear, instead of just embracing that, we think, what about the other alternatives? Yep, that's me. That's who I was called to be. That's who I was chosen to be. But if I pursue that, I'll never get to know what it's like. If I was something else, I'll never get to know what it's like to be fill in the blank. In our humanity, we haven't fully reached that stage that he was at to realize it doesn't do me any good to pray, Father, change this circumstance. So again, in verse 28, he says it, Father, glorify thy name. That's the prayer that should be our prayer. Glorify. Even in this context, as I'm thinking about my life, my circumstance, my choices, where, what I'm doing, where I'm living, how I'm living, my ultimate prayer should be glorify thy name through me, through my decisions. Then came there a voice from heaven saying, I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. That's an that's a, a audible answer to that prayer that Jesus prayed. The voice from heaven came and said, I have glorified it and I will glorify it again. My name. Verse 29. The people, therefore, that stood by and heard it. Heard that audible noise. That stood by and heard it, they said, that it thundered. Others said an angel spake to him. Jesus answered and said, nope, it wasn't thunder and it wasn't an angel. You heard that voice. 
It wasn't for my benefit. It was for yours. He answered and said, This voice came not because of me, but for your sakes. Now is the judgment of this world. Now shall the prince of this world be cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. He was see I believe it. He was seeing the end from the beginning in that moment. I'm at this hour and I'm troubled, but I know if I be lifted up, if, and it says it in the next verse, he's talking about the manner in which he's going to die. If I reach that point, then all will be drawn to me. I will be able to draw. If I don't go to that point, I will not be able to draw all men unto me. But if I am lifted up, I, he's saying, I want you to recognize the significance of that voice that just spoke, that you just heard. He was answering my prayer. Saying, I will glorify it. I will glorify my name. And Jesus, the man, had enough understanding to know, yes, Father, I know you will glorify your name. It's by taking me to this place of death. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. This he said, verse 33, this he said, signifying what death he should die. Not only saying, I'm going to die, but telling them how he's going to die. And now we get a little human, human relief, humanitarian relief in their response. I know that was pretty heavy, what Jesus just went through and said and the answer and all that. But here comes the... I'll just put myself in there. Here comes the Caleb response. Here comes the human response to all that. The people answered him, We have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. Well, clearly you haven't heard everything about Christ that you should know about Christ. If you think he's going to just live forever. How sayest thou the son of man must be lifted up or crucified? Uh, that doesn't jive. How can the Christ live forever and be crucified? Who is this son of man that you're talking about? Are you... Are you, this whole time, are, were you really just a man, just a guy with some special cool tricks? Is that what this is? And now you're saying as a son of man, as a human being, you're just going to reach the point of death? Then Jesus said unto them, while I have your attention, 
We have, oh, sorry, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. While you have light, believe in the light that you may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and hid himself from them. Verse 37. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Isaiah, or Isaiah, the prophet, might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? I don't have time to go through the life and the story of Isaiah but the Lord used him as a prophet to speak many prophetic things. And in his dialoguing with the Lord as a prophet, Isaiah says, Lord, here we've given a great report, but who's going to believe it? I think this was fourth grade that I was in. I saw talk about the word report, and this this um, memory comes to mind. I was Christopher Columbus in fourth grade. I had a friend of my mother's make a special outfit for me. I mean, I had the beret. I had this orange kind of cloak. Had a little styrofoam orange. I don't know. I, I was decked out for a uh, um, for this report. It was. Supposed to be one of those, you know, um, whatever you call it. You, you act out the life of this person, this historical figure. So I was Christopher Columbus, and, and I basically had to memorize this or read. I didn't memorize it, but I, I tried uh, to read this in 19, 1492, blah, blah, blah. That's about as much as I remember. That's not very good. But I sailed, and I went, and I came to this land and found this land and named it after my king and whatever. I, I don't remember. I just, that was the re report that I had given. And I, 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 as a fourth grader, all I knew was I'm just reciting history here. And these people, I mean, my classmates, uh, they were in the same class as I was. They got to read in the history books and hear from the teacher and know and learn about Christopher Columbus and that he found the new world. He was a, a navigator, a sailor and all that. But so, uh, so in that report, I didn't have to worry about these people sitting there going, no, that's not true. He's making this stuff up. There, there really was no guy named that. And he didn't, he didn't sail and find, no, he, all I was doing was just reciting history in a history book. But what Isaiah did, man, the timeline of Isaiah and when he was given this stuff, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before all this stuff was acted out, he writing these things down. A child is born unto you. A son is given. He's going to be your savior. Oh, that's a mighty report. It's awesome. But Lord, 
Who's going to believe this report? And even to that degree, the prophetic was stated because you fast forward these hundreds of years later, put the man Jesus Christ on the earth, let him heal, let him deliver, let him raise the dead in front of them. And they walked away not believing. That's not all that was fulfilled by prophecy that day. To whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Verse 39, therefore they could not believe because hath Isaiah said again, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. If you started to look in in Isaiah uh, chapter 6, you don't have to turn there right now, but it's it's at the at the beginning points and phases of those. You know, it starts with in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And, and and he goes on, and you make it down to about verse nine, and the Lord is making an appeal to Isaiah, who is gonna go before the nations, who is going to speak and prophesy these things, these great things that I have to say. Isaiah's response is, I will. Here am I, I will. And at the, right from that moment, it says he saw angels, then they took coals from the altar and touched his lips, and, and he became clean. And the very first direction that the Lord gave him is to say, you have eyes, but you don't see. You have ears, but you don't hear. I mean, you think about, and that's an early, Isaiah goes, how many, 50-something chapters long, 60 chapters long? And right at the beginning, here's Isaiah, this is the message I want you to deliver to my people. They don't see the way they should. They don't hear the way they should. I've got a message for them. I've got a life for them. But they're not seeing it. It's not reaching them. Verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also, many believed on him. We think that's great, awesome, wonderful. Praise God. Hang on. Among the chief rulers, many believed on him. But because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him. Lest they should be put out of the synagogue. 
I, I have to say this. It's not enough to believe on the Lord. Even the passage, it says, they that believe on the Lord and call upon his name shall be saved. It's not enough to only believe. Your belief, your belief will take you to a place of action. It will take you to a place, a decision, a point where you will choose and have to decide, am I going to act on this or am I not? All those miracles, those mighty works, even the raising of Lazarus and the people that are flocking there to see it. I wonder how many of them left when they were packing up the bags. Tell kids, come on, we're going to take this journey. We're going to go see something awesome. We're going to go see if it was true and real. Really, this guy, he, he died and, and he was in the grave for three days in that tomb. And then this other guy came and he said, hey, Lazarus, come out of there. Lazarus? Yeah, it's a funny name. Yeah, kids, I know it's a funny name. But come on, we're going there to see it. And we, we get the family there and we see and, oh, this is really him. That's the guy. And the kids think, no, he looks like a normal guy. That's probably not him. No, we completed this journey to see him. And here he is. Wonderful. Awesome. Let's go see the guy that they said did it. Okay, he's over in this town in Jerusalem. Let's go, kids. We can add a few more days to the journey. Let's go see him. That's the guy. Really? No. Oh, that's not the guy. He's just normal. He looks like you, Dad. He's just, oh. okay, back to the house. Let's journey back home. <laughs> if we're using that analogy, and if, 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 if I'm the parent and I took my kids there and we witnessed those things and saw them, somewhere along the journey back home, one of the kids is going to say, <laughs> Dad, do you really think that happened? I mean, really, we saw the guy. He didn't stink like a dead person. He wasn't wearing the... And the other guy, you know, he was just wearing a robe and looked like the other... Do you really believe that that happened? Now, um, to the kids, it's easy. I'll give you, a, uh, I'll give you my cop-out word as a parent. Maybe. Maybe. I'm guilty of even saying that sometimes when I don't want to have the five-minute conversation of explanation as to whether it is or is not true. Maybe. But here, here, as many of those, it says, rulers, great rulers, they believed. But they didn't say it. They wouldn't confess it. Verse 43, it says, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. We're going to read a little bit more here. Verse 44, Jesus cried and said, he that believeth on me, believeth not on me, but on him that sent me. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me. 
Jesus is observing these things. He's seeing the, the individuals, the men, the women, the children. He's seeing them come to him. Do you, th- do you think this is why he was telling Andrew, Philip, oh, I'll go out there, I'll make an appearance. I mean, this, that, we, just, we, we just backtracked the journey that they made, those people that said, the Grecians that, that said they wanted to see Jesus. And Jesus went through that whole thing to his disciples. If I go out there and if they believe, they're not believing on me. They're believing on my Father that sent me. If I go out there and reveal myself, I'm the one that did that. I, yes, I was there. I spoke to Lazarus. And they see me. They're not just seeing me. They're seeing the one that sent me. It, it, this is so... It's simple, but it's everything. Verse 46, I am come a light into the world that whosoever, whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one more, one more shot at, at an example here. Uh, how many of you went to the fair this past fall? I did. I'm not going to judge you. I'm not here to judge you. <laughs> but they, at, at the fair, they have those special tents. Behind this curtain... 3,000 pound pig. Woo! Behind this one over there, I don't know, a chicken with two heads. I don't know. Behind that one. And they, they're, they're just trying to get you to go and take a look at something after you give them your money. It's not free. Those parts of the fair aren't free, in case you didn't realize it. Save some of you a lot of heartache and spoilers right there. But you go and, and see those things, and no, we didn't do that part. I'm not going to judge you if you did. But I got to think a 3,000-pound pig looks a whole lot like a 2,000-pound pig, but you can't charge money to see a 2,000-pound pig. Just a little bigger. You might get a great story out of it from the kids, you know, on the way to the next ride before they forget that they ever did that and saw that but that's about all you're going to get out of it Jesus was put here on this earth to live the life that he did to die the death that he did and all he could do was say, the ones that believe, the ones that believe, 
That's who I'm here for. The ones that receive these things. Verse 48, he that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Now that's a different Bible study for a different day. The word that I've spoken. There is one that's going to judge him, and he, he is the word that I have spoken. Verse 49, for I have not spoken of myself, but the Father which sent me. He gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should speak. Verse 50, this is the last verse here. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. Whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the Father said unto me, so I speak. Why don't you stand with me? We have heard his voice. We have heard his word. We have heard his message, the things that he would speak to us. And I'm not just talking about today. I'm talking about most of us have heard this repeatedly. Some of us from the time we were children, we've heard it. First question is, do you believe it? But that's not the only question. If we, if you, <laughs> you have to answer that one, though. Do you believe it? Because if the answer to that is no, or my cop-out answer, maybe, you're going to have a really hard time with the next question. Have you, will you, do you confess it? We, Christian, Christianity makes, I, I don't want to say makes light, but they make the, the object of getting a confession, or that word sounds kind of negative, so they flip it and use profession, same thing, pro and con. Which one sounds more positive? The pro. So the profession. If I can just get you to make a profession, then I've done my job as the preacher or as the witness, whatever it is. That's a, that's a, that's a one-time thing. And I'm here to tell you, a one-time answer in the affirmative is not going to get you through a walk with God. It's not going to get you. Where he wants to take us. Brother Ethan, if you would come and join me on the keyboard.
Would you just pray for a moment there at your seat? We have this opportunity to respond. Father, I believe in you. I believe in the truth of your word. All the way back from the beginning when you began to prophesy these things. You set this world in motion, Lord Jesus. Through your word and through your power. And that word that I have heard, Jesus, all of my life. The truth that I have heard all of my life. Father, that's the thing that you want to get so deep a part of me. That it would become my life. It would become my profession. It would become everything that I do. This altar's open if you want to come and stand in the front and pray. But I think we need to respond to the Holy Ghost right now. Father, I believe in you. I'm willing to make the stand. I'm willing to, to declare it, Jesus. And I want my life to reflect it. I know that there is no other name. I know that there is no other power. I know that there is no other person that could give me what I need. But you are able. In the name of Jesus, this is my confession, Lord God, that you are the Savior. Come on, let's respond to the Lord right now. He's drawing us right now, even this moment. He's drawing you. He wants to pull you in by His side. That He could speak His words of everlasting life to you. Come on, He wants to spend eternity with you. He wants to be able to spend it with you and you with Him. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Yes, the world will bow down and say you are God. Every man will bow down and say you are king so let's start right now why would we wait king of glory fill this place just 